What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Sony Open, and this is a massive week. It is not only the first full field event of 2023, but we're going to dive in with a data-driven course analysis, field analysis, everything in between, but there's so much happening. This weekend, the boys flew out, a lot of guys that you know, flew out to Las Vegas. We went to Blue Wire Studio. We drafted our season-long fantasy team. Season-long fantasy starts this week. Set your lineups. Don't forget, one and done. Starts this week. Don't forget, put a pick in. Uh, make sure you've got everything in order. The video that we recorded with 40 cameras, everybody mic'd up. It is live on my YouTube channel right now. You can you can go check it out. It's called Las Vegas Fantasy Golf Draft. We had a couple of our friends, players, uh, join in on the action. Much appreciated. And we do analysis for all the players. It was just a lot of fun. Um, hope you really enjoy it. It was, it was, it was something pretty special. Additionally, uh, in terms of something pretty special, I'm I'm trying to do something special. I, I just cannot, I can't stop, right? Like I, I'm I'm more energetic now than I've ever been. So starting this week, I'm launching a second YouTube channel. This is for props. A lot of you know that I run a website called rungoodprops.com. It is a, a dashboard that compares uh, the lines at prop websites and then compares them to sports books. And we find the best odds that are available because if you like to play on those prop sites, Super, super handy, super, super powerful, super, super simple. So what I'm going to do is twice a week do short live shows where I use the dashboard and we do data-driven prop stuff. I just like it. I'm really interested. I like solving the math problem, and I can dedicate you know the 20 minutes or whatever it is a week to that. So Wednesday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern time, and Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern time, we're going to go through all the sports. We're going to go through the props. It'll be quick. It'll be short. It'll be data-driven, and we'll rock and roll. Please subscribe to that channel, Run Good Props. Uh, there's a link in the description, and we'll build it up, and we'll have a lot of fun along the way. Finally, and this is my transition back to the Sony Open, if you haven't noticed or you haven't checked your inbox this morning, uh, you will have seen a second edition of the Run Good Rundown, a weekly email newsletter that I send out. This is now a twice a week email newsletter. It used to be just Wednesday mornings. That's going to stay. Stats, trends, nuggets, ownership, pivots, et cetera, et cetera. And also a Monday edition, which kind of looks back a little bit. We're going to do a little bit more review and maybe do a little bit of a first look. So here's that transition back to the Sony Open and back to golf. Uh, last week's optimal lineup, the best lineup you could have possibly had. John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Max Homa, Tom Hoagie, Tom Kim, JJ Spawn. That is is in the Run Good Rundown. Some stats about guys who played well, some stats about guys who are going to be playing this week. For example, the best players on the weekend in Maui who are going to play the Sony Open, I believe there's 18 or 19 of them that are making the trip. Tom Hoagie gained five and a half strokes to the field over those final two rounds. Billy Horschel, after a really slow start, 4.6 strokes gains per round. KH Lee, 3.6. Sung JM, 2.6. Mac Hughes, 1.6. So this is the kind of stuff you're going to get on Mondays. Subscribe to the email. It just shows up in your inbox. That way you don't have to go looking for it. Uh, that link is also in the description. So a lot of really, really cool stuff going on, but I think it's time. Uh, we do a little bit of this course preview. So Wiley Country Club. Um, this has hosted the event every single year since its inception of the Hawaiian Open in 1965. But Rick, 
they're advertising that this is the 25th anniversary of the Sony Open. That's right. But it's not. They're advertising that this is the 25th anniversary of it being the Sony Open, the sponsorship. This event has been around since the mid-60s. I think that's crazy to do. Why would you? Why would anyone care that it's the 25th edition of Sony being involved? Anyway, so, sorry, Sony. You can still slide into my DMs, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Wildlife Country Club is a golf course that we know very, very well. Um, you know, the contrast between the golf course that we saw in Maui last week with lots of ele elevation and undulation and, you know, a, a long course on paper that plays much shorter, is par 73, like just could not be any more different, right? You're going to go to Wildlife Country Club. This is a much flatter golf course. It is only 7,000 yards. It's a par 70. One of the interesting uh, little nuggets, at least compared to previous years, is that the rough is listed this week at three inches long. Three inches in general is not very long. You know, these guys are going to have no problem extracting their ball from three inch rough, but it's worth noting because this is usually like two inch rough, two and a quarter. And when you're kind of adding another inch to it, and maybe they cut it for the last time on Monday or Tuesday, we'll see as the week goes on, like when they're actually cutting it. It is, it is noteworthy. So I think that um, accurate drivers are going to get a little bit more of an edge, just a little bit. Uh, you can kind of bomb and gouge your way through this golf course. The the fair, uh, excuse me, the greens, Bermuda grass, very very flat, and you'll see that on the model here. So this model looks at you know all of um, you know twelve years worth of data for everybody in this field and every single golf course, and it runs a, a model to see which stats are most important. And you'll see the, there's a lot of like okay medium stats. The one that kind of stands tall here is strokes gained putting. It ranks eleventh. That means that. Um, there are only 10 other golf courses on the PGA Tour schedule this year in which strokes gained putting is more important relative to its average, right? I mean, strokes gained total, always going to be more important. Strokes gained approach, always by value, going to be more important. But when you compare it to other golf courses, only 10 other courses in which strokes gained putting is more important. And we've seen that, right? I mean, I think it's from five feet in or seven feet in. These are some of the easiest uh, greens on tour to putt, and, and and these guys just just roll it in and 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 move on. the The course fit model, and yeah, like we're gonna start talking about Tom Kim, and we're gonna start talking about him a lot here. So when you take the factors at the top, and then you take what each player does well or doesn't do well, and you put it all together into a mathematical calculation, it comes out with adjusted fit and. Over the last 36 rounds, that's the data that we're using. You can adjust it here on my website, rickrungood.com. That's where all this data's at. Tom Kim is by far and away the best adjusted fit. Now, he has never played this golf course in competition, so he does not have any course history. He does, in theory, though, have course fit. Other guys that show up, so look at the other names that show up, and I'll throw KJ Choi out because uh, I think most of his rounds recently are like or senior tour stuff. I'm not I'm not that worried about it. Aaron Rye is next. Satoshi Kodaira is next. Ryan Palmer, or excuse me, Ryan Armour, excuse me. Russell Henley, Sung J M, Zach Blair, Tom Hoagie, Troy Merritt, Ryan Moore, Brendan Todd. What are the what does this sound like? Accuracy off the tee. Get hot with the putter. Not necessarily a requirement to be long. Again, more on Tom Kim in just a second, but Everybody's kind of live this week. A uh, lot of you know, a lot of different ways to get there if you're a short hitter 
you can roll the rock. So there's a lot of exciting stuff. So um, with that being said, let's go look at the cheat sheet, rickrungood.com. We'll notice that there are four golfers over $10,000. Tom Kim, 10-5. Sung JM, 10-3. Hideki, our defending champion, 11, or excuse me, 10-1. Jordan Spieth, $10,000. Spieth hasn't played here since 2019. That's kind of interesting. Nice little, hey, I'll come play both, both sides of this Hawaiian swing. Let's just do the Tom Kim stuff, right? Let's do the Tom Kim mania. He's $10,500. It's the most expensive uh, he's ever been by about $800 in his very short career. Is it warranted? Or has the madness gone too far? The answer is probably both, right? I, I'm a believer in Tom Kim. Spoiler alert. When you get to the fantasy draft and go watch that video... He he's on my team. He's a Vegas straight flusher. Okay. He he's on my squad. So I'm I'm quite high on him. But let's look at the metrics. <clears throat> Excuse me. Finishes T5 last week, the Century Tournament of Champions loses over a stroke with the putter and was a zero off the tee. We know the only flaw, and I put that in quotations, is that he is not very long off the tee. He's about 10 yards shorter than a lot of the other the other guys. That doesn't matter here. Will Tom Kim struggle at a U.S. Open? Maybe. I don't know. But the lack of distance could be troublesome. Here, it doesn't matter. Next week, if he plays the American Express, probably not going to matter. The week after that, if he plays Pebble Beach, definitely not going to matter. I don't think he plays all of those because then there's Torrey Pines and Phoenix and a lot of bigger events. So, But I'm just saying, you there are only a couple of spots where, where distance is like, if you don't have it, it's it's pretty prohibitive, and it's not going to be here at Wileye. Look at the approach numbers. He has not lost strokes on approach since the Genesis Scottish Open, and he is gaining at an unbelievable rate. So we'll go to the power rankings here. We'll do the last 36 rounds. These are just going to be uh, PGA Tour, European Tour, and Corn Ferry Tour rounds included in this. He is the best approach player in this field. He's gaining 1.2 strokes per round on approach. Tom Hoagie is second, and there are only four guys, Russell Knox and Nick Hardy, who are gaining over a stroke per round on approach. Strokes gain total. Taylor Montgomery is there. In the last 36, gaining 1.6. Tom Kim is gaining 1.5. And there's a big gap to everybody else. So I believe it is pretty warranted that Tom Kim has this price. Now, when we get to the live chat, you know, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to have a much better feel of ownership and ownership projections. There is a chance, and we've seen this happen before, where it is Tom Kim mania, Tom Kim mania, Tom Kim mania, and it happens early in the week. And as we move on, everyone says, okay, well, pivot to Sungjae, pivot to Hideki, pivot to Jordan Spieth, and Tom Kim comes in lower than people anticipate. That is a possibility. We'll know later in the week, or at least we'll have a better idea of it. But my goodness, if you were ever going to invest in Tom Kim, you know, these next four or five weeks, however, however many of them he ends up playing, feels like a really good spot to do that. Now, if you're going to pivot... Um, you know, love Sungjae. He has not had a lot of very good history here at the Sony Open. A 16th and a 21st are his two best starts. But since then, he's gone 56th and missed cut. Hideki is kind of interesting as well. Obviously, the victory here last year, and that was the third of three straight top 20s. Uh, so he's he's got a good built-up history. And I think people are still kind of curious about what Hideki is going to do. He finished 21st, about middle of the road at the Tournament of Champions last week. If we go to the Holy Grail, 
and look at his round by round stuff, though, I think we can find a little bit of a little bit of encouragement. Um, he lost strokes on approach in three out of four. That's not that's not good. I do not like that, especially for a guy who it make that is how he has made his money. But he gained strokes putting in three of four, gain strokes around the green in all four. If he's tapping into his chipping and putting this or chipping and pitching this week, he's probably in trouble. But we're we're kind of trying to catch him as these two things connect. And if you're going to try to be right, try to guess on Hideki, this feels like a pretty decent spot to do it. Let's look a little bit deeper at Jordan's speed. He had, uh, as he tends to do, uh, an exciting event last week in Maui. Um, the ball striking, not very good. He lost two and a half strokes in the ball striking categories on, on Saturday. He lost another stroke and a quarter on Sunday, but his Thursday and Friday were pretty good. This is a golfer who's trying to find everything. I do like, okay, <laughs> the metrics might not be great for Jordan Spieth, and, and, he's, and we've talked about this plenty of times. He's in the midst of his you know worst putting season of his career, year of his career, whatever you want to look at like that. I still believe that he and a handful of guys in this field are are like by far the class of the field. And even with his B-plus stuff, he could find himself in the mix. And the thing with guys like Hideki, the thing with guys like Jordan Spieth, is when they find themselves in the mix, they find a way to close it out or find a way to continue to contend even without their best stuff. So I am a little bit worried about this. Uh, I do love that these are very, very easy greens to putt. So if you have been struggling with the flat stick and you need a little bit of confidence, Jordan Spieth could be that guy. And when you've got these five footers that he has been missing uh, at a rate that is, that is too much. And this is the place where they're like the easiest five footers on the PGA tour schedule. I, I think there is a, a better path here than maybe some other places. So again, we're trying to time Hideki. We're trying to uh, time Jordan Spieth. They're both way more expensive than they were last week. If you want to take a pass on both of them, you're not going to upset me about that. I think trying to catch a lightning in a bottle um, this week for both of them is a little bit more interesting. The 9K range is here. Let, let's just pile in these guys, right? Like the, the, these are the guys we need, to be, we need to be piling up. Tom Hoagie's the real deal, right? And we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about the fact that he's probably the best if or one of the best wedge players in the world. And the next, again, the next handful of weeks for Hoagie, however many he plays, it's going to be a, a good spot for him. Here's going to be a great spot. It's going to be a lot of wedges in. Um <clears throat> American Express, same thing, kind of birdie fest, whatever, three-course rotation. Then he goes back to Pebble in his title defense. So th this, and even Torrey's not going to be that bad for him. This is a really good stretch of golf for Tom Hoagie, continuing to invest. Um, he's obviously getting a huge price increase from a, a strong tournament of champions and a strong finish to this field, which is much, much weaker. He lost four and a half strokes, or a little bit more than four strokes around the green last week. Probably not going to happen again. Ten strokes on approach. 10.2 on approach. That is stupid good and also something he does somewhat frequently he's done that twice in his last nine starts measured starts did it at the u.s or the 3m open as well it, it's crazy how dialed this guy can get uh really really special stuff 
Henley has got back-to-back 11th place finishes here. You know, he closed out a victory a couple of starts ago. Brian Harmon played fine. He's got a good history here. I mean, the, the 9K range is pretty is pretty stocked with guys. The one thing that um, I do want to do is I want to go to the power rankings and I want to look at the strokes gain distribution a little bit here because this was really helpful for last week to try to find high upside guys, low floor guys, etc. So this, when you're looking at this $9,000 range, let me point out a couple of names to you. Russell Henley has one of the higher ceilings in this range. His ceiling, five strokes gained per round, he hits that 8.3% of the time. It's 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 a lot. You know, there's only uh, a handful of guys that hit a ceiling more frequently than that. However, his floor, much, much lower than the rest of those guys, right? Much lower. You know, the 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 Andrew Putnams of the world that have the same ceiling rate have a floor of you know, just gaining strokes of 66% of the time, Henley does it 44% of the time. So you're talking about 22% of the time difference between the floors and the ceilings. <clears throat> Taylor Montgomery has kind of both, right? He has the same ceiling as Russell Henley, which is the best ceiling of golfers over $9,000, but his floor is like 25% higher. You know, he's gaining strokes to the field 70% of the time, 69.4% of the time to Russell Henley's 44% of the time. This is over the last 36 rounds. We could go back and do 50. We could do more, but just to get an idea for this. So those are the two in the 9K range that have the highest ceilings. Look at Tom Kim, by the way. Um, Tom Kim, I I, I, I know we're going to, like a lot of oxygen, just get used, get ready for Tom Kim week, okay? There's going to be a lot of oxygen spent on him. He has basically the highest ceiling, second highest ceiling, and basically the highest floor. I think it is the highest floor in the last 36, gaining 83% of his rounds, uh, strokes gained to the field, and 5 plus 11% of the time. He has the highest floor and the second highest ceiling. That is stupid. That is stupid. And I know we're in the 9K range, so um, don't worry about that. So I think there's going to be a lot of ownership in this range. I think I think Tom Hoagie at the $9,900 spot at the top is going to get a lot. And I think Taylor Montgomery, who is criminally underpriced, I think we can say that, at 9,000 is going to get a lot. When you are in the last 36 rounds, you know, the best golfer in this field by strokes gained total, like Taylor Montgomery is, and you're $9,000, that's that's pretty criminal, okay? that That's that's pretty criminal. And he had an unbelievable fall to start. Let me pull up his his, his stat profile here. He's on, he's on track to be our, our rookie of the year. He, I think he made seven starts in the fall and had, I don't know, Six top 15 finishes. I guess we're just going to we're gonna look together here in a second. So, yeah, he played one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, he played seven times. Six of them were top 15s. Yeah, yeah, splendid stuff. Look at, look at his stat line. His just rolling last 100 strokes gain just up and to the right. Never, never, no dips, no valleys, nothing. Just straight up and to the right. So you love to see that. I, I am kind, there's two in the middle. So when you have kind of the ownership going to the dumbbells, the, the, the two ends of this, the guys in the middle, you, you can't get them all right. So Billy Horschel, who gets a significant, you know, a significant price increase, he's $9,500. And I think a lot of people are going to remember the fact that he was the only guy over par on Thursday. That is actually a, like a curse of, of daily fantasy or first or betting or whatever. It's like, the first people remember the first round way more than they remember anything else. He was dead last for the entire tournament, but we showed it earlier. He had one of the best weekends of anybody. He was a stroke worse than Tom Hoagie 
on the weekend. He figured it out, right? Like he, if it's two rounds to knock off Rust, fine. And that was losing six and a half strokes off the tee. Probably not going to do that again. So I'm, I'd, I'd be buying low on Billy Horschel at the at the moment, especially because he's got let's see, a seventh place finish here two years ago and a thirty sixth last year. Keegan's the other one. Keegan's kind of a wild card. I'm not generally a big Keegan Bradley guy. Um, I think he's fine. I'm, I'm always kind of just like lukewarm on him. It's, it's not a big deal. I'm not sprinting to the window to get Keegan Bradley, but um, he has a couple of good finishes around this place. So his finishes are two 12th place finishes in, in the last three years, obviously played well in the fall. He had the win at the Zozo. He played like fine at the tournament of champions, but he lost five and a half strokes putting, which is certainly within the range of outcomes for Keegan Bradley. Also very fit. Right? He lost like 20 pounds or 30 pounds since we last saw him, it seems. He's on a new diet. He looks fit. I don't know if it's going to help him or not. He says he feels more energetic. But I think even if you remove that part of it, go to a place where it's, it's easy to putt. Um, actually, we can just look up, I guess, what he has done at this event and see how he's putted. Because there's a big difference between the greens at, Cap at Kapalua and the greens at Wiley. So we're going to pull this up here. Yeah, I mean he hasn't been good. He's lost in four of his four of his five trips. He gained 1.7 strokes in 2020. He's been a ball striking fiend. This place must really fit the eye. He's never lost off the tee back to 2018. He's never lost on approach. He's never gained less than three shots on approach over a single week. He's never gained less than four and a half in the ball striking categories in his last five starts. So maybe we can marry those things together. Trying to find that uh that lightning strike. I think that's it. If you get access to the 9K range, like, I think it's fine. Corey Connors, we talked about this a little bit on, I think, last week's show. Corey Connors just does not have, and we can sort this by salary and just really look through this. So here is Corey Connors. In his last, in, in, in <laughs> his last 36 rounds, Corey Connors is the only guy who hasn't gained at least three strokes in a round at all, or four or five. Uh, if we, Let's go back. Let's give him a larger sample size here. So let's say 100 rounds for everybody, and we'll compare the 9K range. So here's Connors, gains five or more strokes 4% of the time. Him and Brian Harmon, kind of the worst here. McNeely also in that range 3% of the time. Guys that find their ceiling, Hoagie Henley and Montgomery, obviously. You can kind of see the different distributions here for these guys. It's just, it's tough to get those guys that have not shown the upside as much, but if you're looking for somebody safe, have at it. The $8,000 range is jam-packed with some precedence cuppers that I think are really interesting. So KH Lee's 8,700. Worth noting, that's a $300 gap, right? Taylor Montgomery was 9,000, 300 bucks. You don't always see a gap that big between, between the tiers. Not that it matters, but just worth noting. Have you been paying attention to KH Lee? T7 last week, the Tournament of Champions. Third place finish at the CJ Cup. Played great at the President's Cup, right? I, I mean, this is a pretty... T5 at the BMW going back. He's had a lot of really good finishes as of late, and I'm not sure they're necessarily being documented as well as they should be. I mentioned earlier that Taylor Montgomery is probably criminally priced. Uh, if I say that about, about Montgomery, I probably also have to say that about Cam Davis, who I'm just in love with again. And um, his history around this place is is great. Ninth, 31st, and 27th. 
He also, I believe he partnered with KH Lee, but he also played well at the President's Cup. Let's look at his metrics. Now, he's going to hit it a lot further than some of these guys. When he is, I don't think accuracy is going to be super critical. And, and the fact that the rough's a little bit thicker, it's like, ah, that kind of stinks. But he could, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. He puts it really, really well. He's played a lot. So this is kind of a, a conversation we had also um, last week. Like, you know, how much of these guys played in the fall? Well, not only did he play the Fortinet, but he played the President's Cup. He played three more PGA Tour events. And then he went back to Australia and played two of their events. He played the Fortinet Australian PGA Championship and the ISPS Handa Australian. So again, golf is played around the world. Golf is a global game. If you're looking at the PGA Tour, you're not you're not getting all the you know if you're looking at just one tour, you're not getting all the numbers. Shameless plug, RickRunGood.com, six tours it covers, right? So he has not lost strokes to the field. Let me do this. He has not lost more than one stroke to the field. I'm cherry picking since the Memorial. That was in June. This is a really good price. On Cam Davis. Keith Mitchell's kind of your course history guy. Four top 25s in his last five trips here. Uh, his his game's been all over the place. You know, you're seeing a top 10 recently, but you're seeing missed cuts and kind of these middling finishes. He just has not put all four rounds together. Maybe this is kind of the place that he needs to do that. But I would be focusing on kind of like the, the President's Cup guys in this range. Um, KH Lee, Cam Davis... Adam Scott, I think, is fine. I kind of liked uh, Maui a little bit better for him, but I'm I'm like a 5 out of 10, 6 out of 10, 5.5 out of 10, something like that on Adam Scott this week. And that's probably it. I'll pass on Siwoo. I'll probably pass on Sebez in any significant manners, right? That's that's kind of what we're, what we're talking about. And I'll find some of the really interesting options in the 7K range, which is where we can go right now. So these these guys, you know, the Kuchers, the Smallies, the Kirk Kitayamas, uh, they've got decent upside, right? Decent upside. And actually, Kitayama, um, you don't even need him to win. So actually, so he is in the stock market, in stock market DFS, jock market. He's one of like the highest returners in this field over the last 10 markets uh, right here, averaging 105% ROI. So he's basically doubling your money is what Kurt Kitayama is doing over his over his last 10 starts. This is stock market DFS where you just um you know you bid on shares of golfers then you can you can trade them and it they they just have to outperform their expectation. So actually I'll just give you an example if you go back to last week, Colin Morikawa did not win. As many of you know, he did not cash an outright ticket, but if you had him in jock market, he was criminally underpriced on Wednesday night. He went for $5.58 a share, only 50 cents more than Max Homa, although Max Homa had a great week. So he, you made $14 a share on Colin Morikawa. So if you had 10 shares of him at 5 bucks a piece, you made $140 in profit. J.J. Spawn made you $7.48 a share. Tom can't, I mean, yeah, it's just like, it's a cool little different way to literally diversify. And also, I will tell you this. They, I might have mentioned this, Jock Market is maybe the biggest supporter of this of this community than anybody. Right. When I was like, hey, we're doing this draft. Like, do you want to be involved in it? Can you help? We're just trying to get like guys to Vegas. Can you help? It was like instant yes. Let us know what we can do. So I love that. I love supporting them. Uh, you can support them very easily. Use the code Rick. There's a link in the description. 
Go sign up, make a deposit, get your $100 deposit bonus, go buy some shares of Kurt Kitayama or somebody that you like in the 7K range, something like that. Go bid on some shares. And Wednesday night at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, Rick Rungood YouTube channel, Joe Idoni and myself are going to do a jock market power hour. It'll be, it's a live show every Wednesday. So support the people that, that support us. The first name that jumps out to me in the 7K range is Alex Smalley. And like dying to play Alex Smalley since his fall ended, right? And he doesn't get the invite to the Tournament of Champions, obviously. So now this is the first time that we get access to him. And he finished his fall in a flurry. T11 in Bermuda, T4 in Houston, T5 at the RSM Classic, and in pretty good fashion. We don't have the strokes game breakdown for Bermuda. That doesn't exist. But gained two and a half strokes on approach in Houston, 3.3 at the RSM Classic. His T to green game was sharp in both of them, 14 strokes gained in total over eight rounds. That's really, really good stuff. And we've seen these flashes, right? And we've seen this upside. And he's kind of... One of these boomer bust guys too, right? You know, T6 miscut, T27 miscut, T21 miscut. But he's got these top 15s in here. He's got this this top 25, this T25 at the Zozo Championship, a much stronger field. I think he gets to this event, knows he's playing well, looks around and says, I can beat these guys, right? That That is kind of what this feels like. Very well-rounded in his last 50 rounds. He's gaining across the board all four major categories. Played here last year, missed the cut. That might have been his first... Could that have been his first... No, I guess it wouldn't have been his first PGA Tour start, but like first of the year, because I think he got his card and he would have started in the fall. So Sony Open would have been January. So he had... Okay, so he had already played you know, a couple of events in the summer and the fall swing. So it wouldn't have been his first event. Um, I was trying to find a, cut him some slack there and, and give him a break, but I guess I can't. I guess I can't. Either way, still like the way he's playing at the moment. The other guys to buy on here, there's a lot of them. And I think it's about just getting the right mix, getting, if you're, you know, if you're playing 10 lineups or if you're playing 150 lineups, you know, getting some of these guys. You don't have to get them all in all your lineups, but the guys that stand out. Uh, Hayden Buckley, we've talked about him a lot. Finished 12th year last year. He has an elite skill set. He's a great driver of the ball. He has a high upside. He is there, He still makes mistakes out there. I've seen him make plenty of mistakes out there, and it still turns into good finishes. Hayden Buckley is an option. Will Gordon is an option, okay? So Will Gordon struggled, kind of slumped for a bit, starting to find it again. Drives the ball really, really well. Has gained, geez, what is that? I don't know. A bunch of strokes off the tee in his last handful of measured starts. His fall was great. He didn't miss a single cut in the fall. His best finish was a T3 in Mayakoba. He finished his year in Sea Island, where actually both this shirt and this hat are from, T15. He won on the Corn Ferry three starts before the fall, right? So, I mean, this this stretch of 12 events for him or something like that, you know, going back to the Corn Ferry are really good he's got four five top 15s and a win including a win during that stretch he's up there the other guys nick hardy showed him that when we did the ball striking numbers you know last 50 rounds last 36 rounds elite iron player uh ben griffin i'm going to show you his fantasy stats in a second i'll show you grayson Stig's six fantasy stats in a second the other one is adam svensson so svensson wins in uh, Georgia, right? I was there. Um, 
then um, so that gets him into the tournament of champions. He did not play particularly well last week. He finished 37th out of out of 39. He lost eight and a half strokes putting. That is, I'm going to assume, probably the worst putting uh, event of his career, if not by far as of late. These greens could not be any more different, right? Just just in terms of of, of undulation and. Um, they're still going to be, you know, kind of grainy Bermuda or whatever, but th- but this is this is like there's no way he loses eight and a half strokes putting again. There's no way. Also, um, you know, you think about what courses are is, what courses are is Svensson going to find success at? He's not very long off the tee. He averages 292 yards off the tee. This is this is that spot. Finished seventh here last year. So buy. I'm buying low on Adam Svensson. Let me circle back on those fantasy guys for you. So the way that I like to do this is I like to look at what what fantasy percentile you finished in. You know, if you beat uh 99 out of 100 golfers in fantasy points in that field, you were in the 99th percentile, right? And that helps with saying was it a was it a birdie fest? Was it a hard fi- event? Was it a short field? Was it not? It just doesn't matter. It's just what percentile finish did you finish in in fantasy points? It all evens itself out. It's a really good way to do it. Taylor Montgomery played seven times in the fall. Average was in the eighty seventh fantasy percentile. Grayson Sig played six times. His average was the eighty second fantasy percentile. And Ben Griffin struggled out of the gate at the Fortinet, but ended his fall in six starts in the 71st fantasy percentile. To put that all into perspective, Scotty Scheffler's season last year was an 80th fantasy percentile performance. So these guys are, in very small samples, playing close to Scotty Scheffler's fantasy production when it comes to what percentage of the field you're finishing up against. Now, this is a weaker field. You'd think that that's certainly in play for them to kind of tackle this. So there's a lot of really good guys in the 7K range. I don't want to leave out Steven Yeager or even Robbie Shelton, who's coming off a 10th place finish and, and finished 25th here two years ago, which was the last time he played it. There's a lot of good guys in the 7K range. I would try to get as much exposure there. And also, I imagine when I go to bet this thing, I'm going to have... <laughs> will I bet Tom Kim? I don't know. But I'm going to have a lot of guys here at hopefully some really, really good numbers. The 6K range is not nearly as exciting. There's a lot more flyers here. There's guys who are not playing well coming in. Adam Long is 6,900. He's missed three straight cuts, and he's missed three straight cuts at this event. Um, Joseph Bramlett, I'm not sure if this is particularly the spot for him because he doesn't putt very well, and he's going to be very inaccurate, and it's going to be – that's a little bit worrisome. Um, there's kind of a lot going on here. Not of it, None of it is all is particularly good. I will point out, Kazuki Higa, he's right here, he's $6,900. He is going to be overlooked quite a bit. Let me just give you his global numbers here. So this is what I have on him, at least for recent stuff. And it's been PGA Tour, it's been Asian Tour, it's been European Tour. So he won an Asian Tour event in September. Uh, then he played the Zozo Championship in October and gained strokes to the field. So he finished T36 in a field of 78 at the Zozo Championship, which is a much, much, much better field than this event here. We don't have a lot of numbers on him. It's hard to kind of tell what he does well and what he doesn't do well because the strokes gain numbers aren't always there. I only have three measured events for him. But if you're kind of looking for a really interesting flyer who has played a big-time PGA Tour event this fall, Kazuki Higa is, is 6,900. You're, you're going to have to figure out your risk tolerance there.
David Lingworth is here as well. Uh, $6,700. He finished his fall well. T10 at the RSM Classic. He missed the cut in Houston, but the two starts before that were T8 at Mayakoba, T11 in Bermuda. Guess guess which week I played him. Yeah, it was the missed cut. But that's three top 11s in his last four starts. It's been very inconsistent. Go back to his Corn Ferry win. He missed the two cuts before his Corn Ferry win. Um, withdrew the next week, but I think that's because he was out of it and he had his card locked up. He didn't need it, so I, I I can let that one go. But then he missed three straight cuts to start the fall, then got hot, but then also missed the cut. In so it's like it's really boom or bust. You can see his rolling 100 rounds. It is it is peaks and valleys. You are not getting a consistent option when you go with um when you go with David Lingmurth. We'll run a model, but I want to look up Kevin Yu's numbers really quickly here. Because remember, like Kevin, you went when we were at the Fortnite Championship, uh, or maybe I don't know Sanderson or something like that. We talked a lot about Kevin Yu because his ball striking in a small sample was incredible, and it's not really changed all that much. Uh, you can see he's gained a lot of strokes off the tee. He's gained strokes in every event that was a measured event. In the fall, we don't even have the Bermuda Championship where he finished third. We don't have the breakdown there. I can assume he probably drove it well. Uh, his approach play, he's only lost strokes once in those four measure events. It was the RSM Classic. He lost 1.2. This is a this is a, a, a team no putt guy. Will Kevin Yu putt well enough to contend? Or really, honestly, he doesn't have to contend. He's $6,700. Right? He doesn't have to do all that much. And again, we're going back to these greens being quite easy to putt on who does that help does the do easy greens help bad putters or do they help good putters i don't know i mean we've seen guys who putt poorly kevin Corey connors hideki matsuyama come here and putt the lights out right like let's just look at let's just go to the holy grail let's look at the last five years let's look at um why lie? And let's just kind of figure this out together. Let's do strokes gain putting and see who's near the top. Well, first off, <laughs> Aaron Baddeley's number one. It's only four rounds. Brendan Steele's number two. N noted bad putter Brendan Steele gains 1.2 strokes per round in 10 rounds at Why Lie. Uh, who else is up here? These are all pretty good putters. Corey Connors. Gains nearly three quarters of a shot putting on these greens. Noted bad putter. Uh, I'm trying to see who else is here. I mean, there's obviously good putters in here, but I'm trying to find. <laughs> I'm trying to find the bad ones. You know, Hoagie putts well here. Grillo putts well here. Gr Grillo is a positive putter here in 14 rounds. Piercy is a small negative here, which is a win. Bramlett. A tiny negative here. Lucas Glover's a small positive. I okay, without like running the numbers, I'm gonna just say it feels like the bad putters get away with it here. Okay, I'm just gonna say that. Maybe I'll run the numbers for the Wednesday show or the Wednesday email, but it feels like they get away with it here. I think there's enough evidence of that. Let's run a model. Custom model, rickrungood.com. I love this thing. It's new this year. So if you're just like getting back into it, you're like, oh, first full field event of the year. Uh, let me go run a model. Yeah. So this is brand new and constantly being updated. And I have another big update coming and it's going to be amazing. You guys are going to love it. Otherwise, what in the world do we want to do here? 
So let's do two things before I forget. Let's um, change this to 36 rounds. Let's go to scoring imply, uh, implied wins. So you can use the odds here. Let's put 10 on implied win. Let's put, uh, so that's based on, based on their odds. And let's put uh, 10 on strokes gain YLI. Do a little bit of course history, right? Strokes gain, strokes gain YLI. Okay. So now, let's say driving accuracy gets a little bit of a bump. 10 on accuracy, 5 on distance. That's our driving stat. Approach going to be important. Let's say, let's go to our mixed strokes gained and say, I want hot guys Hot guys, strokes gained approach last 24, 15. So we've got off the tee, we've got we've got approach. I don't really want to do anything with putting. Or excuse me, with around the green. Let's do putting. And let's do last 50. And remember, this was a highly correlated one, so I think we can spend here. 20 on last 50 putting. So we've got our weighted, weighted strokes gained. And if we did weighted strokes gained, it would be weighted, weighted, weighted strokes gained. Or made weighted, weighted, mixed strokes gained. I don't know. You guys get what I'm saying. All right. So we have 30 to go. Um, we could put them on medium or easy courses. We've got hole types here. We could. I don't want to add more on strokes gained putting on Bermuda. I don't really want to do that. What if I doubled up and said, or I could do scoring and do, I could do, I could just do fantasy points gained. I mean, we are playing a, like a fantasy point game. I could do that. Let's put 15 on fantasy points gained and put another 15 on um, strokes gained total. And I know I'm doubling up on that, but give me the best players in the field. All right. Uh, our number one golfer. Ooh, ooh, oh my God. Oh boy. First of all, Sung JM. That's fine. Sung JM's number one. Tom Kim's number two. All good. No, no, no. You're not going to get any concerns from me there. Maddie Cooch, number three. Uh, gets a big bump from Wiley history. Gets a big bump from putting and approaching his last twenty four. Okay. Andrew Putnam, not long, not long off the tee, not a game, not a game. Accurate, 22nd in implied win, 35th in strokes gained approach over the last 24, 10th in strokes gained putting over the last 50, has a positive record at Wiley. Hmm. Spieth is five, Grillo six, Hoagie seven, Harmon eight, Henley nine, McNeely 10. Look who's 11. Grayson's sake. He's $7,300. So he's the cheapest golfer in my top 12. Uh, he's really the cheapest golfer probably in my top 20. Yeah, by my top 18. So that's worth noting. Webb Simpson's here. Man, that would be a tough, that would be a tough click. Montgomery's 13th. Little surprising. He gets he gets beat up on the approach play. He gets he's he's 120th in strokes gain approach over the last 24. So he gets beat up there. Kitayama's 14. Harris English 15. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Just want to sort by salary and see. Yeah, Connors was. Yeah, Connors got beat up here a little bit, which kind of makes sense. Kind of makes sense. Down, down putting in the last fifty. Kind of got beat up a little bit. Okay, cool. Yeah, I can work with that. Actually, let me save this because I want to save this. You can come back to it later. We'll call it twenty twenty three Sony Open. So if you want to come back to this on 
Wednesday and mess around with it, we can certainly do that. Okay, three things before we get out of here. Go watch the draft video that I just posted. We're all in Las Vegas in a studio and we drafted teams for season long. It's going to be a blast. Go subscribe to Run Good Props, the YouTube channel or the website, both, I guess. And I'll see you guys Wednesday and Saturday. And also, uh, the Run Good Rundown gets sent directly to your inbox twice a week. Link in the description for all of this stuff. It's just, I, I cannot get enough of this. I cannot get enough of this. So let's do it. Uh, tweet me, at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Let me know what you're thinking. Best of luck this week, and I'll talk to you guys soon.